Oh, come on, phone. What's wrong? Sprint turn. This smartphone is not smart. Then switch to Sprint and get a brilliant iPhone XR for just $15 a month. $15 a month? Now that sounds smart. Switch to Sprint and get the brilliant iPhone XR for just $15 a month. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800 Sprint One. Phone $15 per month after $16.25 per month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires 24 month installment. Calling if you cancel early. Remaining balance two. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Exclusive text. $30 activation fee. Restrictions apply. You use the latest technology to treat patients, but your care and compassion is timeless. By advancing your education and career, you can help more patients and provide even more care. Grand Canyon University's online programs in nursing make it convenient for you to become the expert every patient deserves and elevate healthcare quality for diverse communities. Our flexible courses let you work anytime from anywhere. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu/online. For listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Yes, hello, listeners. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodderand. Joining me as always are Aman Kafai and Jake Watroba. Today's episode, what in the footballing world is the League's Cup? Are the U-20s giving you hope? And the playoff promotion versus a Champions League final. Now listeners, make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at Pod. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show and give us a five-star review. We always enjoy it your feedbacks and comments so just send them in we'll respond when we can now Armand is without wi-fi and in the 21st century living without wi-fi might as well be like living without water how we doing Armand we surviving i'd rather be i'd rather be thirsty than uh i don't have wi-fi uh, <laughs> i guess i guess you can say at this point hashtag uh, america's problems right i mean yeah the first world problems right um, look, I I I've been uh, trying to like catch up on some FC Dallas stuff, some soccer based stuff, but without Wi-Fi, I can only catch up on uh, I guess like offline NCAA football fourteen kind of stuff. So um, <laughs> nothing really productive going on. The second can, of the can you access your spreadsheets? Yeah, on my phone. I can update them on my phone, so that's always a huge uh, plus. But I mean, outside of that, I'm just tweeting on LTE, baby, and you know my phone doesn't have 2,000% battery, so I just gotta conserve. You know, maybe enjoy life a little bit, go have some fun outside. Yes, um, enjoy the sun. There's work rays. to be done. U20s to be written about. Look, I gotta do it. I gotta figure out a way. Yes, listeners, you can follow Amakafai. Get the FC best FC Dallas coverage in all of the land at Amakafai. Uh, meanwhile, you got Jake Watroba up in Minnesota enjoying his Minnesota Twins, but we're not doing any baseball talk here on the show. But Jake, I, I, I got as a sports fan, how does it feel to have a winning team? Yeah, well, this is Losersville up here, so a, a winning team is it's kind of nice every once in a while when Especially it happens. Especially with Minnesota, kinda... you know, United doing really, really well. Hey, hey, they're fifth in the West. They've had two, I think, two straight clean sheets in a row now at home. 
So that's positive. But, you know, uh, on a more somber note, I just want to just say uh, today marks uh, this being May 28th, the three-year anniversary that Harambe was taken from us at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo. So I just want to say rest in peace and uh, prayers up for Mm -hmm, a real one. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Listeners, question of the day. What is better, Champions League final or the promotion playoff? And I think there's a legitimate debate to be had here. Fellas, uh, I know we tuned in. We have yet to watch the Champions League final. But based on our previous watching history, the promotion playoff, in my eyes, is somewhat more intriguing. Now, listeners, give us your thoughts at Pod. Now, Jake, Champions League, probably what, the biggest trophy a club can win in all of world football? But the promotion playoff just means it seems like it means more to the players obviously to the the board to the ownership with the 200 plus million dollar payday they get from it but it's the difference between saying yeah i play my football in the premiership or i play my football in the championship there is a big difference i don't want to say there's more passion no say it say it there definitely is more passion it just seems like it means more, doesn't it? Does, don't 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 you feel that when you're watching that? I watched uh, Charlton Athletic uh, beat God. Who did they beat in the League One promotion Sunderland. playoff? Sunderland. Sunderland, and it they just it it just seemed like it meant so much more. And I I don't know if I necessarily get that feeling when I watch Champions League. I mean, but it does mean more, right? Because you have these guys. We're playing, you know, for the chance to play in a higher level. I mean, with especially the championship playoff, that's like the $125, $200 million game with all like the fees and like the rights fees you get for moving up. And these are, you know, life and death for some clubs sometimes, especially, you know, as the lower you go down the English football system, you know, you're not not sure if you're going to be, you know, paying the bills. I mean, that shouldn't be the case, but like Bolton Wanderers, they're struggling right now. They're in administration. You know, you don't see those times like, you know, former glory. And it means a lot more, especially, you know, like for a team like Sunderland who went down uh, from the Premier League to the to League One to, you know, have a chance to work their way up. And a team like Charleston to go find some former glory or like Aston Villa and Derby. Like these all do mean more for these guys. So I think I think you guys are right. It does mean more. Maybe that's why you see a little bit more passion and firepower. But I mean. For quality of soccer, I mean, obviously, I'd have to go Champions League. I mean, but if you're more yeah, of a passion kind yeah. of guy, if you're more of a passion kind of guy, which we all know Steven is with national anthems, yes, uh, yes I, I would am. 100%. Uh, you, I'd go to those promotion playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting conversation to be had just because the way the, the soccer calendar works out where you do have these promotion playoffs. I mean, just look at what happened in Germany with Un- Union Berlin. I mean, they, they literally tweeted out, we are – effing going up or something to the likes of that I mean it just means the world to these clubs to these players to these fans and you watch Champions League and sometimes you just feel like it's eh they're already the best players they already play are going to probably end up playing in Champions League the following season they get paid millions of dollars it's just it's a different atmosphere and I wonder if US soccer could take away uh, take some something away, and I think this is more. Oh, no. oh no! No no no! Oh, I'm not going there. But here's, don't do it. This don't is the ironic it. part. 
you get paid. There's more money on the line when it comes to the promotion playoff. But don't you feel that apart from maybe the players, that from the fans' per- perspective, it did, there's so much more at stake? Like, it, it, I think it's funny. We're talking about passion, yet the payday is so much bigger in in the promotion playoff. It's just ironic. You would think the Champions League, the greatest tournament uh, and the greatest trophy in club football in all of this in in this world, there's less of a payday payoff. It's interesting. But uh, listeners, speaking of promotion, I think this is one of the coolest things uh, yet. A couple, man, can we say a couple years ago now? I don't even know. But we gave out a um, we did a contest. We gave a jersey out and one of our listeners bryant we'll give him a shout out follow him on twitter at faux shiz uh tweets at us another year another promotion for tranmere rovers can't thank unc sam soccer pod enough for introducing me to this wonderful club up with tranmere guys this is awesome what cool story this is up the rovers up the tranmere let's go let's go why not? No, that is that 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 you know it it is pretty cool. I mean, you, we gave him a I think the time when he received that jersey or kit, whatever we want to call it, uh, on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. I believe Tranmere was in the fifth tier of English soccer. Am I correct? Yeah, I would think so. Yes. They've won back-to-back promotions, so that would mean they're in League One going. Uh, they'll be in League One next year, so that would have to mean that they were in the fifth division two years ago. Just a cool story. I it is a it cool is. story. It is all, all those stories are cool, right? Like when you know you hear about like Swansea going up or like a Bournemouth going up. All those all those stories are cool, and you know, especially when it, you know it's a team that you you kind of just got this random affiliation with, but like. You know, it's awesome to see. You can see some, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, elevation of some sort. Unlike, you know, like you can't see your OKC energy get promoted or anything like that. So, uh, it's pre- it's pretty cool uh, to see that. And Sha Brian for tweeting that out of us. Uh, you guys have a story like that. I think we've given away a couple yes. of jerseys. Yes. Make sure you tweet us uh, that at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Uh, and we, and we got to give some shout outs. And we got some cool stuff coming up. We're definitely gonna do another jersey wig uh, this summer. And listeners. Uh, we will also be doing a U.S. Women's World Cup preview before the World Cup kicks off. So stay tuned for that. Follow us at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button. But, but fellas, let's get to opening takes. And uh, I'm going to hand off to Jake because we had some news that broke on this Tuesday evening. Yeah, right before we got on the the mics here this evening, a uh, friend of the podcast, he's been on a couple different times, Sam Stasekel, tweeted out that MLS and Liga MX are set to announce a new tourney. Now, we've kind of heard about this tournament uh, over the last few weeks or a couple months that MLS and Liga MX were kicking around a, a tournament. But uh, Sam Stasekel has some more details uh, th- this evening, uh, May 28th. Uh, the league will be called the League's Cup. Uh, it'll be a sim- single elimination tournament. All the matches will be held in the U.S. In the final, maybe in Vegas. Uh, the quarterfinals will kick off on July 21st, which will include the Fire vs. Cruz Azul 
Houston Dynamo versus Club America, LA Galaxy versus Cholos, and Real Salt Lake against Tigres. Now, this is this is kind of interesting in that <laughs> interesting in the sense of what the hell the Chicago Fire, the Houston Dynamo, the Galaxy, and RSL have in common regarding MLS. I cannot find a single reason why those clubs are playing this tournament. Right, and that leads me to my first question is, and maybe we'll understand this when more details emerge, but how did teams qualify, or why were these four, or I guess eight rather, uh, four MLS, four League MX, why were these teams chosen? I guess because Sam was throwing this out, saying they could have, you know, large Hispanic uh, populations. Or something along those lines. Real Salt Lake? Look, look, I'm just repeating what the source was saying, man. Don't look at me. I know my ge- geography. I'm not sure it's Salt Lake. Has- Utah? <laughs> what type of people are in Utah, Jake? Can you remind me? I, I don't know. I think this tournament is rather ridiculous. I don't like it. Not one single bit. Let me, let me ask you guys this. How does this benefit MLS? I guess it gives them a platform to like show off how they can beat Liga Max if they can. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Time out there, Armand. You're giving way too much credit to MLS. This is this is Liga MX taking MLS and just sitting there going, you know what? You're just gonna take one more beating. This is this is MLS. This is a way for MLS to try to make more money, which they obviously will. Ticket sales. We know the Mexican. I mean, let's just face it. Mexico's the national team of the United States. You might as well say the Liga MX, apart from the Premier League, are are the domestic leagues of America as well. I'm going to say it. Liga MX and the Premiership are America's domestic leagues. I'll take it one step further. I think it's just Liga MX is the domestic league of the U.S. Okay. Well, there you have it. At Unc Sam Soccer Pod, at Steven Jodderan, at Jake Petroba. But seriously, I think this is a way for MLS to try to make more money, and that's it. This is a way for them. I I think coaches hate it because it's gonna ruin their. You you already are losing players internationally during the summer. Now you have to play this other tournament. What is the significance of winning this trophy? Maybe you get a little bit of a bump in cash revenue, sell some tickets. But you really think players overseas are gonna be? Oh man, you know what trophy I don't have on my on my checklist, Jake? Do you know what trophy, Armand, that I'm missing? That, the that, League's Cup, bro. The League's Cup, whatever it's called. Doesn't this kind of feel like the International Champions Cup in a way for these clubs in Mexico? I mean, Does this kind of feel like, like this is just a showcase? Yeah. Just a showcase for America or a showcase for Azul or a showcase for Tigres? I mean, it does feel like that. The question is, how are they going to provide value for this tournament, right? Because isn't, isn't the tournament of value that should be there that – should be more focused on is the CONCACAF Champions League. That should be the tournament of value that's presented, which allows you access to play the Club World Cup or whatever it's going to be. But right now, like, what does the League Cup get you, right? Like, or whatever this thing is going to be called, League's Cup. What's going to get you? Is it going to get you a spot in the CCL? Is it going to get, like, some Europa League and, like, um, and the, in CONCACAF? Like, wh- what is it going to give us? Um, and if I'm an MLS coach, I'm going to be upset. Because I have an MLS game to win in the MLS Cup. So what's more important, this League's Cup 
or MLS Cup. And that's a question. You got to figure out a way to incentivize these guys to play because if not, they're not going to play the strongest night. Why should they? They've been more important games to play for. No, absolutely. I think Armani hit it right on the nail. Coaches are going to hate this idea. Let me – all right, one, one last question here before we move on. Is this paving the way for an eventual Super League between Liga MX and MLS? No. I don't think you can I... – so sorry, Armand, I'm going to interrupt there. I think you still have to – you still have to beat or find a way over the FIFA hurdle. They have very strict regulations on domestic leagues and what it means. Just pay attention – with the Canadian League and, and the Canadian teams in MLS. On B-Win Sports, they've talked about it before. They're curious to know if there will be a lawsuit or if FIFA will intervene or if there's going to be some sort of, you know, grandfather rule that comes into place where these clubs are fine. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer when it comes to all the FIFA stuff, but I don't think it pays away because I don't think you'll be successful enough. I think it does pave away. Um, to be honest with you, quite opposite. I think that's the goal of MLS and League MX right now, uh, to potentially line up together and make this giant uh, Super League. Do I agree with it? No. Do I want to see it? No, but I think that's what's going through the minds of MLS executives, League MX executives, is how to make money, how can we capitalize. Because League MX wants to increase their footprint in America, and MLS wants to increase their footprint just all around. I think they're they're trying they're integrating themselves more the Campions Cup, uh, you know, happened last year is going to happen again this year uh, between the champion of Liga MX and the champion of MLS. Look, I, I don't want to see it, but I, I think that's a goal. I think they're going to try it and see if it'll work. Hopefully, to be honest, I, I don't want to see it happening. But I mean, money talks. Aren't the MLS teams going to be playing away games anyway? I know they're hosted in America, but they'll be on the road. There'll be more fans of, of whichever Mexican team it'll, it'll be. And, and Armand, I, I, I think this is a de- this is a bad look for MLS. If they cast themselves as some great league or want to be great league, shouldn't they just be great within the borders? Wouldn't, wouldn't they be better if they're just say, yes, we're MLS, this is our league, and focus on the Champions League if they want to have a rivalry with the Mexican leagues, because when we talk about Champions League, you know what it means. You're talking about the best clubs in different parts of the country, uh, different parts of the world competing together. The UEFA Champions League, people know what that is. Even non-soccer fans have come to the point where I've heard that today at work, hey, isn't there a big soccer game on Saturday? I'm like, sure is. What is it? Champions League final. People know what it is. This is going to create a, a a pathway for MLS to never actually be this vision that the the quote unquote MLS or <clears throat> NFL owners want. I I don't get it, but I mean, what, like I said, whoever makes the money. I mean, I understand it from like in a money perspective, but from you know a strictly logistical, you can you have to incentivize a lot. You, you have a lot of money. So it's an advice coaches and players to be up for it. And by the way, the CBA is expiring this year, and you only have four chartered flights, but you're adding all these competitions for these guys. Sure, they won't lock out, but I have a feeling they're going to fight a little bit harder, especially with this new competition that they compete in now. That'll be something to look forward to, whether or not a lockout will happen. 
And if it if it does happen, oh boy. Anyway, Armand, let's move on. Your opening thoughts here is surrounding the U twenty U.S. men's national team. So the U twenty team has gone off to a five hundred start, I guess. Uh, they had a loss against Ukraine, a two one loss, and then a two zero victory over Nigeria uh, on Monday. It was a great. It's honestly really great and refreshing to see. A nice young revitalized, I guess, revitalized U20 team, and you know all the hype is around the U20s. Yeah, like they're gonna be this, that. I've already seen Alex Mendez and Paxson Poma called debates, which kind of really, like, why? Why are you debating these two good players? Let's let them play and see what happens. Um, but you guys have definitely seen some of the U20. What are your thoughts on how they play? Personally, with me, uh, I'm enjoying the way they're playing. I'm seeing some strengths, I'm, uh, especially in the midfield between Mendez and Pomacol. I'm also seeing some weaknesses as well. It seems like outside back continues to be a problem. Uh, Sergio Dest, um, I think he plays at uh, Ajax or PSV, um, has been struggling up and down the pitch. Chris Durkin in the midfield hasn't been that great. Tim Way in that first game was kind of eh, and then they added Sebastian Soto in as a forward, and he's more clinical and has made those bright runs and makes you a forward out there with ideas. Uh, just wanted, I, mean, I guess, starting with Jake, your thoughts on the U20 games and the, do these even matter? To be well, honest with you, uh, Armand, I want to interject one question, and that is whether or not the U20s give you hope for tomorrow. For tomorrow as in the future? Yeah. Yeah, uh, they do. Because the players that are playing are this new class of U20 guys who are not collegiate players, but are professional players playing from 16, 17, 18 there overseas. For example, I mean, look at that roster. You have Chris Richards, who's played Bayard, and you can see that he's got better within his last six six months to a year with Bayern Munich, with how he's playing with the U20s. Alex Mendez, Freiburg, you can see that he has potential, the way he's bending balls, the way he's looking off opponents. Even Pax and Pomacol, who's finally getting playing time, in MLS and has been a professional athlete for now almost three years, he's able to maneuver and be a lot better on the ball and increase his work rate. A lot of these guys are getting professional minutes or getting in a professional environment at a younger age. And it does give me hope because that college base and that gap is slowly kind of disappearing in my eyes in terms of, you know, players that are collegiate players uh, versus, uh, homegrown academy playing professional environments. But anyways, guys, your thoughts on the U20s? Well, I, I've only, like I said, I've only watched the the match against Nigeria. But one thing that stood out to me was, and you've touched on this a lot, uh, Armand, was uh, the play of Alex Mendez and Paxton Pomical. I mean, it's, it's clear and obvious they are, I don't want to say head and shoulders above everybody else, but they, they look the part, don't they? They look like they're the two... The two stars of this team right now, like you said in, in the first match, uh, Timothy Weah wasn't really didn't really make much of an impact there, but uh, was a little bit more impressive in that second game with Sebastian Soto uh, playing up top at forward. But it was it was clear and obvious to me watching the game against Nigeria. We, we always, at least for me, Nigeria always seems like in terms of youth setup, they're always kind of one of the uh, upper echelon teams when it comes to you know u17s u20s i believe they played in the it went pretty deep in the olympics uh, a few years ago am i not am i right 
Yeah, I mean, just look at their run at the 2018 World Cup. Everyone said this team is just one tournament too soon here. It's the next tournament that you should keep your eyes on, the the Super Eagles. I think that's what they're nicknamed. But no, you, you're not wrong, uh, Jake. That Nigeria... I mean, they were they, – they, they, sorry to cut you off here just real quick just to finish my point. The U.S. kind of ran them off the field yesterday. I was, about, I was about to say, yeah, they did. They outplayed them. And how often do we say that about a U.S. team that's not playing a team not named Guatemala or a team <laughs> not named Haiti or Guyana, which we'll see here in a couple of weeks in the Gold Cup? How often do we say, you know, the, the U.S. the U.S. ran circles around that uh, team? How often do we say that? for a team that is of Nigeria stature. Now, granted, this is the U-20s. This isn't the senior team. But I think, you know, I'm not sitting here and telling you that these 18, 23, whatever players on this U-23 or on this U-20 team in three years will be all part of the, the senior team. But if you can pick off four, five, or six guys that four to six years from now are prominent mainstays, in your national team setup, I think we can consider this cycle a success. Let me ask you a question because I think this U20 tournament will be judged in five to six years. I think we'll judge the success or failure in five to six years. Yeah, if they win it, great. That would be awesome. If they crash and burn, uh, let's see how these players respond. Um, Obviously, they responded. I mean, they lost to Ukraine, and I think people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, here we go again. And how it was almost borderline. The most typical U.S. men's national team thing to do was to lose the opening game against Ukraine. And then they come back and win, and they put some back hope, and now it's it's like this mentality with the U.S. men, just regardless of age group, is always, regardless if they ran off Nigeria, off the field, regardless if they... They ran circles around Nigeria. It's kind of this gritty team with the U.S. For some reason, it just that continues. But it, it, it's a determination five or six years whether or not these players will do something for the U.S. men's national team. But here's my question, guys: Is the the and Armand? This is particularly a question for you. Is the talent on this U twenty equal, better, less? than the talent that the U.S. men's national team has with its young guys, specifically surrounding Pulisic, Adams, you name who else, um, McKinney a couple years ago. If you were to match them side by side at when they were 20 years old, will this talent of players outpace the talent that we're starting to see come to fruition and, and flourish with the, the the senior team. I don't know if they'll outpace them, but there's a reason why I've been constantly reading and constantly hearing that a lot of people want to acquire you, younger U.S. players because they think there's so much potential uh, within them. Now, with the guys like McKenny, Pulisic, I don't know if you can compare it to the, to compare them to those guys. I mean, maybe we should. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh, but I think those guys are like another tier. Uh, relative uh, to some some of these guys. Let me me interrupt there, because what about like a Richards who goes to Bayern Munich? You talk about Pulisic developing Germany. Yes, he got the chance to go younger, but Sargent went at an early age. Like now that we're seeing them go at a much younger age than previous years, 
can't we slowly start to to at least compare and and see how the talents of Pulisic, who is you know seventy million dollar man, and the next the man at Chelsea Football Club, like say a Richards, who went from FC Dallas to Bayern Munich, who has been impressive, and it's starting to translate with the U twenties, his the knowledge that he's gaining at a Bayern Munich. Oh, you'll see it. I think we will see it more in 2026 than we will in 2022 when these guys are entering their primes at 25, 26. Uh, Jake was saying, you know, four to six guys make a slight success. I would say that's a pretty good number at around around that four. Um, a lot of these guys are going younger. I think we will start slowly see that shift uh, of talent, especially at yo- that younger base talent. I think we're going to start seeing more and more, but let's not discredit some of the MLS academies. Uh, as well. I mean, as much as I say, hey, some MLS academies aren't doing it. I mean, the MLS academies have helped as well. I think this is the first time you're really seeing this new class of players that, you know, have a nice mixture of the European experience versus also, you know, the guys who started playing in MLS at like 16, 17 as well. Um, I, I think if you're looking at this U.S. soccer, like, yes, this, and MLS, like, yes, it's homegrown, is working really well. Our academies are looking pretty strong. I mean, just from how the U20s playing, because, I mean, Jake, like Jake was saying, unlike other years, you're watching them play pretty fun soccer, right, Jake? Am I wrong? They're playing pretty fun, um, exciting soccer, and they're dictating play. They're combining in the middle. They're trying they're to attacking. play more aggressive. Finally they're attacking. attacking exactly. team. It's not being on the defensive and, you know, waiting for someone to bark. It, 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 was, it was Ukraine who was built in a shape. The U.S. tried to break down. Uh, Ukraine was built in defensive shape. And it wasn't the U.S. that was trying to – that was uh, – uh, in that defense shape it was Ukraine and the U.S. tried to break them down. And it's, it, I hope it's this new era of excitement and attacking-minded soccer uh, that Burhalter, Ramos, Jason Kreis, all these guys want to help bring in because it, it's entertaining. It will inspire the youth to come play. And more importantly, it will advance us as a nation uh, in terms of soccer playing. Jake, let me ask you a question asked Armand. Listeners, chime in at Pod. Does this U-20s give you hope for the future? I mean, it has to. It has to. Look at the talent on the field. You have Chris Richards. He's playing at Bayern Munich. Alex Mendez. He's at Freiburg. You have Timothy Weah. He's he's at PSG. Was on loan at Celtic earlier earlier this year. Paxton Pomico looks like he's the next big export in MLS, could be over in Europe in a year or two. I mean, how can this not get you excited? This is the first time I can think of, you know, since I started paying attention to U.S. soccer, that we've had so many kids either playing in Europe or who have looked super promising in MLS. To me, I, I, I think four to six years from now, we're going to be looking back at this U-20 World Cup and and pointing to, look at all these, look at all these kids that were on that U-20 team that are now cogs in the U.S. men's national team machine, because I think Armand stated in 2026 they'll win the World Cup or something crazy like that uh, <laughs> six months ago. Uh, I um, definitely had them winning it in like 2022. Yeah, or I think 2022. Like I, I don't care with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, well. okay. Just wait, Qatar and Qatar when they're celebrating, you guys are like, damn, you called it. Just yeah, saying. yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I guess based on on when you thought on what you said there, if we're gonna look back to this tournament, Jake. Does it matter if they even get out of the group? Yeah, you want to 
see them win, don't you? I mean, you want to see them go as deep as they can. Obviously, this is more so about development than the results, but you want to have if if you're developing a player, don't you want them to be battle tested in a tournament like the World Cup, the U20 World Cup for that matter? Don't you want them to show some tenacity, some ability to go out there and grind out a result, get a win when it matters on foreign soil? Isn't that what you want to see? Isn't that kind of part of their development too? No, absolutely. I think they have to get out of the group and maybe win a knockout game. And then after that... I mean, here, the, here, here's the situation, guys. Sorry to interrupt you, Steven. If they make it to the round of 16 at this point, uh, they'd be number two, and they would finish uh, right... And they would play in the next round, France. Uh, so, um, France's youth team say. is obviously insane. So, they might not be the winner, but I think it's a great test for his U20 team, even if they only have four games. Yeah, but getting out of the group is cr- critical, and if they they go up a tough challenge, and it, say it's a France, and then four to five, six years from now, we say, oh, well, look at the players who are on the French team and, and how the French team's uh, developing at the senior squad. Uh, it's a great test. I, I'm with Armand. I think they have to get out of the group. If and, and if they do get out of the group, the buzz on Twitter will be raging. It's like as if they had won an actual trophy or placed tie. Listeners, make sure you give us a shout at UncSamSoccerPod on the Twitter machine. At Armankafi, get your FC Dallas coverage through him. At Jake Watroba for the hottest takes. And at Steven Jodderant. Make sure you come back t- tomorrow. We'll, we'll have part two. More conversation regarding the U.S. men's national team. Christian Pulisic. As well as Raheem Sterling saying he wants to play in MLS. What does that actually mean when players say they want to play in MLS? Is there something bigger going on there when players comment on that? And then lastly, our counterattack segment with Jake Wachova. Don't want to miss that. Going to be a European one. Hey, if you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card. And after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10e included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after 16-25 month credit. Apply within two bills are canceled early. Your main balance due and limited basic after 6-30-20. Pay $32 per month per line with other pay. Data due prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums. Use short and restrictions apply. Hey, 